0: all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech.
1: Fresh for your ears, tell everybody. The new podcast from the producers of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days comes the eclectic. Interviews with difference makers, artists, authors, bold thinkers, people we love who get stuff done. Up next, Andrew J. Scoville, better known as Sco, is a New York based Chicago born theater director and creator of original work. He specializes in immersive layouts, technological landscapes with the emphasis on integrating science ideas into theatrical experiences. Skoll is also the director of Theater of the Mind. Next up on The Eclectic, Andrew J. Scoville. We hope you enjoy. Hey, it's Johnny Betts of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days and The Eclectic Podcast. Uh, let me take you back to uh, a few years ago, August 2019. I got an email. From uh, Denver Center Theater Company Cast and director Grady Soaps, Asking for um, If I would be interested in an audition The description says Seeking an ensemble of guides Who will lead groups of 16 audience members Through a number of rooms With a variety of scientific experiments and stories Looking for a diversity Of body types, ages, race, gender Identity, level, of physical ability And experience Looking for actors with exceptional conversation and storytelling skills the ability to multitask while navigating a crowd to move fluently between assertive instructive giving and open trustworthy jovial demeanor sounds like me i was interested oh go to audition and uh oh, it's wonderful uh there's a couple of people there andrew j scoville better known as Skull I didn't know him at the time and a guy with uh, some white hair they kept calling David in my mind I'm like oh, it looks like David Byrne but nah it's not David Byrne anyway so it said uh, it was a large scale immersive project and due to the high profile nature of the project and his creative team they cannot share a lot of information so more intriguing right go to audition I think it was horrible on my side yeah, but you know what I get a call back go back to the callback and it's just before the lockdown it's like nobody on the street the lockdown of COVID-19 and um it's a decent callback so you know kind of put it in the back of my mind so slow forward three years later 2022 and here we are ready to do this amazing immersive piece called theater of the mind and um we're going to talk to a lot of the creatives in the coming episode. So I just want to give you a little background on that, how I got involved. I'm one of the guides, full disclosure. So theater of the mind, it was inspired by both historical and current lab research. It takes you on an immersive journey inside how we see and create our worlds. I am so happy to welcome my guest, Andrew J. Schofield. Welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Donnie. Thanks for having me.
1: I always like to start all our interviews the same way. Tell us your full name, your mama's name, your mama's mama name, and where you spent your childhood.
0: <laughs> Amazing. All right. Um, my name is Andrew Scoville. My mama's name is Valerie Meyer Scoville. My mama's mama's name, well, really, it's, it's the grandma that I grew up with. Though so it's not technically my mama's mama by birth but her name is Laddie Meyer. I grew up in a suburb of Chicago uh, called Elmhurst.
1: Okay, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then how would you describe yourself or would you give yourself any type of title?
0: Professionally?
1: Yes, professionally and personally.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I think personally and professionally, just the overarching a label of artist appeals to me. Mm. I think it's, it's a, it's what I do and it manifests in many different ways on many different scales. But I also, I also feel like it fits personally because, um, I'm, I'm also married to a playwright and I feel like our home is like an art home. I think the way that I approach parenting, um, feels particularly, uh, you know, crafty or, or art art based, um, so I, I like that term as a sort of catch-all for sort of how I feel like I move through the world.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. So it's not a lot of hyphens that you had to use your name. You are an
0: artist. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like the more somehow the more, the more uh, specific and different all the different things I do become. The more I feel like I'm I'm looking for things that kind of encapsulate the whole. Picture the whole idea. Mm. What are we doing here? What am I What am I doing
1: here? I like that. I like that. Now, I'll ask this same question of producer of Theater of the Mind, one of the producers of Theater of the Mind, Charlie Miller. Would you explain what is immersive theater? Or would you explain immersive theater as versus site-specific theater?
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, immersive theater and site-specific theater are definitely uh related right because they have a unique relationship to the audience in both cases you're not at in a typical always in a typical proscenium kind of setup not that there's anything wrong with that and and a lot of a uh site-specific work can have that relationship to the audience but even in a site-specific work it's it's the audience it's the performer and it's the environment. So there's a, there's a different relationship there inherently. But I would say the thing that makes immersive theater unique is that it is all about the participant being inside of the thing. Mm-hmm. The thing is all around them. And we are asking them to actively participate instead of passively observe whatever it is that's, that's going on.
1: Now, you've been operating in that space for quite some time now. What was your first experience with this type of work?
0: Mm. I feel like I've always been interested, even when I've done more traditional work, like um, I'd say in college and, and right after, I've always been interested in somehow shaking up the audience's experience by by putting them in a a different relationship to what's going on. And I think, though, my first, let's see, my first real experience in what I would call truly immersive work, I would say it was when I worked as an associate director on uh, David Burns' show, Here Lies Love. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was the associate for director Alex Timbers, And uh, that was the first time that we I I was part of something that really challenged the audience to stand for the whole experience that put the show all around them instead of in front of them. And there was something about that that I feel like, though, before I had participated in sort of like theater as parade, site-specific work like you're talking about, Um, Things where the actors are moving through the audience, that felt like the first time that sort of the idea of participation on a real physical level was really, really, really built into the idea of the piece and on a scale that I felt like really allowed the audience to be fully, fully immersed in the environment of the show.
1: Now, that piece that you just referenced, uh, Here Lies Love, was considered a 360-degree musical. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the, the beginning of that and um, how you got totally involved with that?
0: Absolutely. Um, I remember that show very fondly. It was a huge part of my creative life for a, a couple of years. Uh, it was my primary focus for quite a while. And it, it brought me all over the world. I, I got to go to do the show in Seattle Rep. Uh, I got to go on casting trips with David and Alex to the Philippines. Uh, I got to travel to the National Theater in London. And I made some really amazing friends through the process of that show. So I always hold a very special place in my heart for that particular production. Mm. Um, I got involved with it because I had been working with Alex on, on other shows before then. Um, but those were workshops or shows that had already gotten to a certain point by the time I joined on. And Here Lies Love was the first time I worked with Alex from the, from the ground floor, from like the sort of initial idea when we were just doing, you know, 29 hour workshops in black boxes just to see how the idea worked and to workshop some of the, music that david had written as um, theatrical and so that's that's how i got involved and i was lucky enough to be part of the journey uh all the way through its its many iterations and um i learned a lot in that show about about doing big projects and doing projects with a lot of people and also i learned a lot about how to create community among uh among ensemble because mm. there was something really special about the group that put that show together that really allowed me to experience that sort of community for
1: Friendship for that the will first continue time. to last a lifetime, I would
0: imagine. Yeah, I still got friends like from that show big time and, and we work together. Uh, whenever I'm trying to think of people to collaborate with, I'm always running through the, the roller deck of that show. <laughs> it just was such a special moment for me.
1: What an interesting piece to do something by, Emilio Marcus. You know? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and her shoes, maybe. <laughs> I'm not yeah. Sure. From, Never had the opportunity to see it, but I just imagine in my mind.
0: <laughs> that was the, that was something that we said a lot about the show. It was like everything up until the shoes. It's really, it, it, it tracks her story all the way leading up to the shoes. And then we, there was a feeling that, you know, everyone knows the rest. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everyone knows what happens after that point.
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. I love
1: it. Well, what still excites you about this type of work, about
0: immersive theater? Oh, I just, um, that's a great question. I, I just feel like the world as it becomes increasingly digital, as it becomes um, everything more readily available in an instant, there is always going to be something special about a group of people coming together to build something like this that you can really step inside of in real life, something that actually exists, something you can touch and move through where the the sizes of the space are different, the light is hitting you in different ways. That feeling of liveness and of, of really tangible environments, I, I still get excited by because it feels like you know the world is starting to become capable of doing things that are much more uh, virtual, mm-hmm. and and in in the wake of all of that, I just think that these experiences, these kind of immersive experiences, have real potential to bring people together and to make them feel what is so uh, awesome about being a human person, which is creating community and 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 a sense of adventure and spontaneity. And I just think this kind of work really allows for the, the guests inside to, to pursue their joy in a spontaneous way. And I'm, I'm always excited about creating opportunities for that.
1: My name is Daniel Betts and you listen to The Eclectic as part of Destination Freedom Black Radio Day's podcast. And we're speaking with Andrew J. Scoperville, director of Theater of the Mind, among many other things. And I, of course, I always like He likes to credit, and I like the credit as well too. His two assistant directors on this piece, Betty Hart, and also Emmanuel Beard Wilson. So, I want to ask you something because you, you, and I must be full disclosure. I am part of the part of the cast uh, of this particular production. But something you spoke about that you really love is the nature of science and theater together as part of the immersive theater, uh, in, in particular that. What drives you to create this type of work when it includes science and theater?
0: I think everybody has a, a a way that they work to understand the world. And for me, I've always gotten excited about the way that science reveals the more mysteries, you know, about our, our existence. And that's that's kind of my entry point to you know, trying to understand what, it, what it getting very, very heady here, but what it means to be, <laughs> no, what it, quite what it right. means, <laughs> what it means to be, to be alive and to move through this world. And um, I am excited about opportunities where science reveals more questions. And I'm excited when science doesn't feel like something that's answer based, that's cold, hard and fast, but it's emotional and it has characters and it has drama. It has so much chaos and uncertainty and unpredictability. And, you know, these are things I feel like we're constantly in search of in the stories that we tell. And for me, there's a there's like a buffet of, of things to explore and stories to tell when you look at the world from a, a scientific lens. And uh, I also have gotten the opportunity to collaborate with some scientists. And I just, I just find them to be such joyful collaborators. We're both kind of in awe of each other. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, when it's really great, there's a beautiful exchange that happens where both parties are both challenged and validated all at the same time.
1: You've spoken about this word several times in our conversation so far, collaboration. Why is collaboration so important to you?
0: That's it. That's the whole thing. That's, um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> how, <laughs> that's how I live my life. I feel like there are way way less things I can do by myself than, uh, mm. than I can with other people. I, I always say that I'm, uh, I'm by nature a collaborative creature. Maybe that's true of all, all humans in some way, but I prefer to be in community with others. Uh, I am certain that I don't always have rarely have the best idea, but I do believe that the best idea for whatever it is we're working on, whether it's a moment in life or a creative moment, is in the room. Everything you need is, is right there. Mm-hmm. So it's really, if, if I'm really dedicated to the work and I'm really focused on the work being the best that it can be, for me, it must include a environment where collaboration is welcome and where voices are valued because that's, that's where the problem solving is going to happen. And that's where the, the great ideas are going to sort of rise to the top. So I, I really don't know any other way to do it. I'm not a director who can come in with the whole thing and just go ahead and execute. Uh, it's much more difficult and stressful to me than spending time to create a community where you're all really doing it together. Mm -hmm. And that still takes a lot of planning, you know? That still takes a lot of work. It's just a different kind of work than figuring out exactly what everything has to be, day one, if that makes sense.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for sharing that, appreciate that. Well, that brings us to, why don't we talk about your latest collaboration? And that is Theater of the Mind. How did you become involved with that? I know you mentioned earlier that you uh, you had worked with David Byrne before, but he has a co-collaborator with, with him on this particular experience. I won't call it even production; I call it an experience. Let's talk about how this came about.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think you know I, I had been doing some science-based work uh, just before coming onto Theater of the Mind, and I think my previous relationship with David certainly helped. Uh, get my name kind of thrown in the hat. And I met very early with the creators, David Burnett and Mala Gankar. And we uh, had a conversation about the ideas of the piece and sort of how to approach it. And I think um, it, it just felt like a really nice, uh, easy conversation uh, to access that had a lot of big challenging questions. So I, I left... I left that initial meeting pretty excited and pretty invigorated by the potential of the collaboration. And um, it appears they, they felt the same way. And as when we started working on it, their main, um, their main focus was something that I was really excited by, which was to bring what the experience had been, which was sort of a, a, a science-based laboratory feeling in previous iterations of the project into something more narrative driven, um, human based and emotional. And that, to, that was exactly the kind of work that I wanted to be doing at the time. Not to mention the sort of, um, you know, the excitement of collaborating with David again and, and Mala for the first time. And the scale of the project, I was really attracted to the scale of the project. It felt like a nice, um, a nice development from what i had been previously working on and so i was excited by the largeness of it you know mm.
1: what do you hope audience who experience theater of mind will discuss after they attend
0: mm. i hope that audiences will discuss uh, themselves their own personal experience through it i think everyone is going to have a different, unique take on how each of the experiments affect them, how each of the rooms affect them, how their particular guide affected them. And so I think by sharing what it was like for them inside, I think there are a lot of robust conversations to mind because everyone is gonna have such a different experience inside of it. So I get excited about people sharing their own personal journey through it. And I hope that uh, there's a lot of excitement in comparing what happened and a lot of uh, intrigue about other ways that the show manifests with different guides and with different audience members. Mm. I hope it's something that people you know, feel excited to, to see another version of or to see how it affects them with a different group. Um, that's something that was always exciting to me as we were working on it, going through it with different people um, and seeing all of the amazing actors and their different takes on things. Uh, was something that that I found myself talking about with the team a lot as I was working on it myself. Fantastic.
1: A couple more questions. Uh, yeah. Immersive theater has been around since mm, maybe early 19th century or so. Uh, some would say as long as the call and response that you have in religion and music and so on and so forth. It's a way for the audience to participate. Couple questions. Why make immersive theater? And what is the future as you see it for this type of work?
0: Mm, I love that call and response thing. I've never heard that before. Mm. But I love the idea of this being... I was just thinking this morning, like, in a way, you know, I feel like immersive theater gets back to... uh a sense of ritual with performance yes. that, that is, you know, it blurs the line between participant and perf and performer or guest and, and actor. It, it's everyone is involved in what's going on. And so in a way it, it feels like it's getting back to a more um, ancestral or like ritual based, Way to experience theater, and that is interesting to me. It's not about watching someone go through something so that you can learn about yourself, it's about you going through something with other people to learn about yourself. That feels um, exciting, you know. And so, I hope that the future of this kind of work is always working to bring the audience along for the journey and to make the purpose and the uh, rules of the game clear so that people can really get inside of it and have that, that personal experience. And though you know, we have some, I don't think it's a secret at this point, we have some <laughs> VR in our show, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I've, I've loved working on that. I'd love to do more work like that in the future. And yet, I feel like it's also important that the overall experience is about people coming together in space with other people and sort of dealing with everybody's humanity, you know, so that we can celebrate it and we can talk through our challenges. We can just be with each other. And so as things get increasingly more uh, digital, my hope for the future of this is that we really continue to value the liveness of it all, the, the real real physical, tangible nature of it all. I think that's, for me personally, when it feels really exciting.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much. What's next for Andrew J. Scoville? What's hmm. inside your head?
0: Love that. Um, you know, I'm in a... I feel... I feel like a a sponge a lot of the time and I really feel like I just, I just wrung my sponge dry. (laughs) And and right now, right now I'm, I'm here in my apartment in Queens and my, my sponge is expanding again. It's taking (laughs) things in. Um, I'm going around and seeing things in the city that, that friends are working on. I'm Mm. being inspired by all the festivals and the happening and this, uh, this turn to fall with the leaves changing and the air cooling Uh, just being, being, Oh, and I also, you know, I don't know what to do with myself. So I painted my living room wall the other day. So (laughs) I'm, (laughs) I'm feeling very, feeling very home-based. I'm feeling very like I'm, I'm taking it all in and I'm excited to uh, be working with Rockefeller state park Mm. uh, in upstate New York for, for my next project, which is sort of a, 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 candlelit walking tour through the park with some moments of living legends um, and and myths that sort of happen with actors along the way.
1: Nice, nice, wonderful. Well, there's no time wasted with you, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) You always have something new and exciting. Uh, We're speaking with Andrew J. Scoville, director of Theater of the Mind. It's been wonderful to spend time with you. I hope we can do it again at some time in the future.
0: Thanks, Donnie. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate you. Alrighty, righty.
1: Take good care. You too.
0: All right. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to The Eclectic. The Eclectic is produced by Donnie O'Bapps and No Credit Production, LLC. The series is remixed by Marie Smith, a.k.a. Reese. Please subscribe to our podcast at Broadway Podcast Network, Radio Public, iTunes, Stitcher, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, at nocreditsproductionllc.com, Instagram, or Twitter at Donnie Betts, or at The Eclectic, The Podcast. I'm Donnie O. Betts.